now, O son of man, I have set thee a watchman unto the house of Israel. Therefore, thou shalt hear the word of my mouth and warn them from me. Have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. Coming to you from an undisclosed location in Middle Tennessee and examining current events from a biblical perspective, this is Bible News Radio with your hosts, Randall and Stacy Harp. Hello, people. This song is called Hallelujah, the Eastern Version. So, listen to the lyrics. <laughs>
praise the Lord. Three days went by, again they came to move the stone to bless the slain with oil and spice anointing. Hallelujah. about you but I think that's pretty stinking cool all right I'm gonna stop this here wait hold on stop it's gotta stop 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 <laughs> all right hey everybody welcome to the show glad you're here um if you're watching the replay glad you're here you watch the replay and oop, there we go I know it's been a week since we've been here yeah it has but if you are in my daily disciples group. You probably saw me already this week, uh, sharing some stuff in there. And, uh, you know, I tweet stuff out, I send stuff out. So, you know, if you miss me, well, it's cause you're not looking on my social media. <laughs> anyway, I'm glad you're here. Uh, Randall, are you over there? I'm over here. Okay. I was just wondering. Okay. Anyway. So, um, did you like that version of hallelujah? Because the original version's kind of depressing. Yeah, I, I really don't like the original version. It sounds like some sort of Fifty Shades of Grey bondage and kind of... And then, <laughs> you know, it's this depressing kind of thing with biblical illusions sprinkled in, which have nothing to do with the story being told in the song. And then this chorus, Hallelujah, which, of course, is Hebrew for praise, praise Yah, Lord. or, you know, praise God. It's like, okay, well... <laughs> Talk about one confused uh, songwriter. So, yeah, I, generally when I first hear those you know, opening arpeggios, I'm like, oh, not this song. Yeah, that's what he said. When before so... I heard the lyrics, I said, don't worry, Bareface, it's an Easter song. Yeah, so. you know, people sung this on like these whatever, you know, I don't know, Croatia's Got Talent or whatever. You know, it's a popular song to sing and perform, and it's like, and everybody loves this song. It's like, listen to this song, people. It's kind of depressing. It's, it's kind of. <laughs> it's very depressing. And it's spiritually confused. And uh, anyway, and to, you know, the red refrain to be hallelujah with all these, you know, depressing circumstances and uh, experiences is, uh, yeah, we should praise the Lord in all things. But anyway, so. Long answer to your question. Yes, I do. I do like this 
versions. I they could have picked some other melody. I would have liked it much better. Mm. But the fact they, I guess it's kind of redeeming something that's, I don't know. So, but why? So I wanna I wanna share a, a couple of thoughts with everybody. Okay. First that's thing unusual. is, yeah, I know, right? Whatever. Anyway, hey, yesterday I was on my friend Tim Gillette's show. It's called the Tim Gillette Show. And if you're a friend of mine, um, you probably saw it over on Facebook. Um, if not, just search for the Tim Gillette Show on YouTube and you'll find the interview that I did with him. I, I've been thinking about something before we're going to get into our topic here um, tonight. You know, yesterday was Good Friday. Um, and um, I hope that... You all took some time to rest and reflect on the crucifixion. And, you know, I was thinking about it. I was thinking about it in light of current events. One of the things Tim asked me is, you know, what I thought, do I think what we're going through right now is the end of times prophecy stuff? And, you know, I have to say that, um, and he asked me if I was afraid. He actually pressed me on that question. And I said, Yes. And I, I said, yes, I do believe we're in the end of times. No, I'm not afraid. Uh, in fact, I'm super excited about what what's going on in our world, which is, you know, kind of interesting. I want to. So I was thinking about this parallel. I wanted to throw this out to you and then you can, you know, you can take it or leave it. Um, so here we are as a whole world being traumatized by world events with the coronavirus, okay? The April 11th, 2020 is when this is being recorded, 6, 10 p.m. Central Time at the moment I'm talking, okay? For those of you who are watching the archive after the rapture took happen. Okay, so, so I'm thinking here we are for the last month, we've all been quarantined uh, or, I don't know, under house arrest, whatever you want to call it. We've been told by our government to stay home, not go anywhere unless it's essential. And now here we are on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yesterday was Good Friday. Today is Saturday. Tomorrow is Easter Sunday or Resurrection Sunday, if you prefer not to use the pagan term Easter. And I know some of you are out there, so just build a bridge, get over it. Okay. Anyway, so we're here in Saturday, which is in history, probably the longest waiting period in the history of mankind from Good Friday to Sunday. Now, we know what happens tomorrow. You know, the tradition that we're going to celebrate, the resurrection of Jesus, which is going to be our topic tonight. But I was thinking about today, Saturday. Today is a, way, is a day of waiting. And I kind of, as I've been thinking about this, it's kind of like um, our whole world is in Saturday right now. You know, if you want to put it in the context of this weekend, we're in Saturday, people. We're not sure what the future is going to bring. Everybody, you know, it's been interesting to me to listen to my friends, and I have I have a lot of text messages every day. That's my, prefer my preferred method of communication is texting <clears throat> me. So if you ever want to text me, feel free. You can write down my number. It's 714 two four four six eight nine zero you can text me make sure when you text me personally on my phone you tell me who you are otherwise I won't respond to you but so you know here we are we are in the Saturday moment as a world 
we looked, we're looking back to the past of the fact that the coronavirus has hit the whole world, right? We're looking at the devastation of that, how it's killed lots of people, and the fear that it has instilled in the population as a whole. And now here we are in the waiting period. We're in that Saturday period between now and, quote, the resurrection, which it will be when we're all told that we can go home. I mean, we can leave our houses. We can go play pickleball. Yeah, that would be nice. <laughs> or we could go back to church, right? Or we could go wherever it is that we want to go without feeling like we're breaking some type of law or, you know, being shunned by other people who are paranoid out of their mind, right? So, um, and I was just thinking about it in, in relationship to <clears throat> the Saturday and how the disciples may have felt. So earlier this week, I led a Bible study with some of my friends locally and a couple of people online who, um, who came to it. And the story that I looked at was the story of when uh, Mary uh, anointed Jesus for burial. Um, Jesus had been telling his disciples, hey, you guys, I mean, this is the paraphrased version. You can go read the Gospels. It's in every Gospel. It's in, it's in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. It's, it's not in John, but it's in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. So here's Mary. She's at the home of Simon Peter, or, or Simon the leper, rather, who had been healed of leprosy. And she comes in with 300 denarii worth of... of uh, high costly perfume. Uh, the 300 denarii was equivalent to about a year's wage. And in that day, when a woman had saved for perfume, generally it was used for her husband. Her, you know, she'd use it on her wedding night. And so this was a big amount of uh, perfume, costly oil. She went in, she went ahead, she anointed the body of Jesus, poured it on his head, and all this. Well, the disciples, if you read all three accounts of the story, the disciples actually, um, you know, start kind of bagging on her. And in particular, Judas, who basically says, hey, you know, you could be using this, this, the money that it cost you for this, you could have been given to the poor. And um, it's only the Gospel of Luke that reveals uh, who the names are, by the way, because Luke is very detail-oriented. And so we know it was Judas who was actually the massive hypocrite because Judas was the treasurer who had just set up with the Sadducees and the Pharisees, the, the leaders, to go ahead and betray Jesus to death for a mere 30 pieces of silver, which was the equivalent of the cost of a slave in the Old Testament. So here he is talking out of one side of his mouth to her. And Jesus says to them. By the way, this was Mary, the brother of Lazarus. I mean, the, the, the sister of Lazarus. Lazarus was her brother. So Martha was her sister. So Mary, Martha, you might recall that story. But so this was Mary, that Mary, who sat at Jesus's feet. So Jesus comes to her defense and basically says to Judas and everybody else who was listening, hey, you know what? Leave her alone. You're always going to have the poor with you. But what this woman has done, whenever the gospel is preached in the whole world, she will be remembered because of me. And so, you know, then we know the story goes, the story goes on. 
eventually Christ was handed over by Judas to the Romans and the, the Jewish leaders and the Romans had conspired essentially together to get him to the cross ultimately. But Mary, um, you didn't hear a word from her. But here's something interesting. Mary worshipped Jesus and she understood that he was getting ready to die when the male disciples had no clue. And the, and the word of God actually states that, right? Mary was probably the closest person to Jesus that we know of in scripture. And, you know, um, some people believe it was Mary Magdalene. Um, I actually tend to think that it was Mary, this Mary. I think it was Mary, uh, the brother, the, the sister of Lazarus. And Mary had a lot of faith, right? She had, you know, she had a ton of faith. First of all, she had seen Lazarus be risen from the dead by Christ himself. So I can imagine that when Jesus said um, that he was going to die, but that he was going to come back to life, she was like, hmm, okay, I believe it because Lazarus came back and he called her, him forth back. Who am I? And they had just gotten done witnessing the feeding of the 5,000, passing out the loaves and all this other stuff. So Mary had a, a very intense faith. Mary, this is the Mary, the sister of Martha we're talking about. Meanwhile, you got Mary, the mother of Christ, who had to have an intense faith in God to be able to receive a message from angels saying, hey, guess what? You've been chosen because you're, you're blessed and highly favored uh, to carry the Messiah. No questions asked, by the way. The faith of this Mary, the faith of Mary and Martha, and yes, the faith of Mary Magdalene, who had been delivered of um, seven, uh, what was it, Randall? Some, by demons, anyway. She was seven. Seven, seven demons or yeah. seven legions of demons? Seven demons. Seven demons, yeah. So look at the Marys or Miriam in, uh, in God's word and just look at the faith of these women. Um, and this is really important because, um, a lot of people today like to harass women of faith. They like to attack godly women and they don't like to listen to women. But yet in the history of the word of God, if you look at the history, if you look at God's word, then you can see the faith of women. And if it wasn't for the faith of women, we wouldn't have some of the recorded history that we actually have, including the resurrection, you know, the resurrection tale, Christ appeared to a woman before he did anybody else. And if that wasn't good, it wouldn't be recorded in history because in Jewish law, their testimony was, you know, a woman's testimony wasn't considered valid in, in the court of law. But because we have it written down, it actually happened to people. But don't miss, don't miss the faith of Mary, um, the sister of Lazarus, because... Her anointing Jesus for burial before his death, she knew what she was doing. Judas knew what he was doing. And, you know, the other thing is, is that this happened during Passover week. And the interesting thing is, is that Judas conspired with the religious leaders of that day. And his goal was to get Christ away from the multitudes and then to hand him over to be crucified before Passover. Because the devil knows that if he could have killed Christ 
any time except Passover, he would have won. But because the Lord is in control and not Satan, what happened was he died exactly when he was supposed to die. Jesus laid down his life when he was supposed to die. And don't ever miss that. He laid down his life. You know, Christ, you know, and, and here's one other thing too I will say is that all throughout the, uh, the Gospels, you'll see times when the multitudes were coming after Christ and it, would, and it said, it said um, but his time had not yet come. And I was studying that this week because I was teaching on this earlier this week. And I, I never really, it never really clicked with me until I was reading Dr. Fruchtenbaum's commentary on it from the book Yeshua. And he pointed out that whenever it said his time had not yet come yet, it's because his time hadn't come yet. But his time did come during this week of Passover so that it, it would not only fulfill Bible prophecy, but Jesus was the Passover lamb, uh, which we also see in the, um, the reading of the Last Supper when he broke the bread and took the wine. There's so much significant to that, significance to that. You don't, you don't get just by reading an English translation of the word. Um, and I know Randall could actually um, explain that a little bit better, but... What we have is a rich heritage. Um, and um, so tonight we want to look at the evidence for the resurrection. Um, and I know Randall just pulled some stuff up. Do you want to commentate on that bare face? Commentate on what? Anything that I just said. Well, yeah. Okay. Uh, that and kind of to provide a backdrop. The thing important to realize about, you know, what we know as Christianity or the way as it was called uh, back in those days, nearly 2,000 years ago. Uh, and it wasn't over 2,000 years ago. It was nearly 2,000 years ago. Don't get him on that rant. <laughs> I get to listen to it, people. Just so you know, if you say something wrong, guess who hears it? Yeah, it's me. Anyway, but um, yeah, it's important. With that conversation that Yeshua, Jesus had with Mary, the sister of Lazarus, when Lazarus had died, and and when he told her that Lazarus would live again, what was it, what was the response? I know that he will rise again in the resurrection. Um, and there's the definite article there in the res original language. The resur what resurrection? The resurrection. Um, understood in Judaism for centuries. You know, going back to Daniel, um, etc. And then we can talk about the Pharisees and Sadducees and the. Sadducees were sad, you see, because they didn't believe in the resurrection, and I don't know why, because there was plenty in the scriptures uh, to support it. But anyway, the idea is that, you know, then and all through the scriptures, uh, you know, one of my favorite verses in the New Testament is Luke 24, is it 27? I don't know. One of my favorite, you'd think I'd be able to point to the address, but... One would think. But in the dialogue with the two disciples on the road to Emmaus, they talk, he says, oh, fools, you know, I'm slow to believe, you know, shouldn't the Christ to have suffered? And he says, you don't. Basically, he, he upbraids them, he, he rebukes them for not knowing the scriptures. So if you'd known, if you'd known the Tanakh, you know, the, the, the book of the, the Old Testament, the Tanaim, the Nevi'im, the Ketuvim, the 
the the the law, the Torah, the you know the prophets and the writings, they would have known. They would have known what was going to happen. That he was going to be rejected and, and killed and resurrected on the third day, etc. But since they didn't know it, they were what's going on? Confused. Um, but so he didn't. You know, this isn't someone who came in in just sort of the just out of the blue and said, I'm the latest avatar or, you know, I'm the latest incarnation of, of the divine spirit or whatever. I mean, this is someone who comes in the context of centuries of, of prophecy and understanding and into an existing established spiritual tradition, if you will, for lack of a better word, you know, based on starting with Genesis and moving forward. And, and you know, so when it came to the Passover, there was context in that. When he said, this is my body broken for you, this this cup is the new covenant or the new testament in my blood, you know, which they were familiar with in Jeremiah chapter 31, the New Testament, etc. I mean, we go on for hours and hours and hours, but the point is that this was not some new radical, just out of left field you know, guru coming up and saying, oh, I've got this new revelation that, you know, displaces everything else. And he wasn't Muhammad, people. <laughs> that one was for free. Um, uh, you know, it, or any of these others, you know, you know, Sun Young Moon or whoever comes along and says, hey, I'm the latest, you know, I've got a new revelation. I've got a new thing. Forget all this other stuff. This is, a new thing happening. No, it's that which had been established and expected. And and those who really should have known, should have known. And that's why he got the worst of his rebuke. Because they were keepers of the book. And they should have known above all people. Anyway. So. Um, yeah, it's kind of commentary on what you're saying about Mary and... And also kind of leading the resurrection. The yeah. resurrection doesn't come in just a in a vacuum as this sort of isolated, crazy thing, you know, interjected into human history. This was. I just, I just have to, unexpected. Go ahead. I just have to say something. You know, I've read that account a lot, but it wasn't until I read uh, Arnold's, you know, commentary on the fact that. Mary, the sister of Lazarus and, and Martha, actually knew what she was doing. I always wondered, does she know what she's doing? But she actually did know what she was doing. How come no pastor ever really brings that point out? You know, I, as I've thought about the faith of women in the word of God, it's amazing to me. And I just heard another guy, um, Forrest, I don't know if you're watching Forrest, but if you are, Forrest just shared with me another video I was watching. Anyway, in there, he was the the guy that was talking was was talking about how it's interesting that the faith of women in scripture is is usually overlooked not and it's not really praised but yet there are so many women of faith in God's word that um you know that the Lord commended and there are extremely minimal examples of women that God rebuked and yet men today like to rebuke women Mm-hmm. Yeah, you do. And I know who you are, you scoundrel people, you men. Urgh. Yeah, you are. You are 
like Sean. <sighs> no, just kidding, Sean. <laughs> you non-Yankee fan. Anyway, the point is that um, that uh, we should we should actually pay attention, right? We should pay attention. So, um, was the resurrection Messiah history or a hoax? The answer is that yes, it's history, and some believe it was a hoax. Uh, so there you go. That's the end of the show. Just kidding. All right. Good night, people. <laughs> um. Just kidding. Oh, by the way, I should say hi to hi everybody. Nice to see you that you came in. I see Jeannie from Georgia is on YouTube with two other people. I see Sean from Chicago is in there. Mama Gina from Arkansas is in there. Danielle, I forgot where you're at. Where are you at? I forgot. Anyway, Danielle is there. Uh, Ram is there. Superhero Paramedic is there from Ohio. Nice to see you. Who else do I see? Um, Big Bullet, don't know who you are. MKT, not sure who you are either. But hey, wherever you're at, glad you're here. Illinois. You're in Illinois? Really? Did I not know that? I don't think I ever knew that. Well, what do you know? Learn something new today. Mm-hmm. And over yeah, yeah, on well. Twitch, we've got... <laughs> All right, it's Arkansas. Is that Eileen? Eileen? The land of Bill Clinton. Paul, I don't know how to pronounce that. Who? I think it says... Eileen, I-L-E-N-E underscore P-A-U-L, Paulingia or something. I don't You're know. from Texas. Hey, we got Texas in the house. Yeah, we do. Yeah, if you had a problem with women talking, you wouldn't watch the show. I know. You just can't resist me. Um, Big bullet. Yep. That's. I'm going to assume you're a man. I don't think a woman would name themselves Big Bullet. Never know. Hmm. There's an idea. So before we get into this, do you want to play the Amy Grant thing? Um, I can do that. Okay. So this is, this is gonna be, um, <laughs> this is gonna be. Uh, this is kind of like our commercial. I want to let you know. Earlier tonight, I got a press release uh, from Amy Grant, and um, Amy. Um, ha I don't know if you guys know this, but she canceled her tour that she was going through. Um, she didn't have to, but she chose to, um, a couple weeks back and she's actually going to be releasing tomorrow, um, on a website called Gratitudes, Gratitudes, like gratitude, except it's G-R-A-T-I-T-U-N-E-S, Gratitudes, um, and it says here, uh, on Easter, Grant is partnering with Gratitudes to give thanks to the Vanderbilt University Medical Center staff in Nashville by releasing Carry You, a special video song message. Well, she's already um, released this on her Facebook page, and I thought that would be nice to, to um, um, share that. But she's also tomorrow morning going to be appearing on Fox & Friends during the 8 p.m., or rather 8 a.m. Eastern uh, standard time hour to sing how great thou art. Um, but anyway, so I thought, you know, because so many of us love our, our healthcare workers, nurses and doctors. And in fact, one, one of my friends, uh, is leaving Tennessee to go to New York to help 
um, to help out there because frankly, there's not that many cases here in Tennessee and the hospitals aren't like overloaded like they are in New York. Um, I just thought, you know, we should take a moment to let Amy sing a song um, and you can see the video here. We're going to play it for you so you can watch it um, to um, just kind of take a minute just to remember that there's a lot of people out there who are, you know, sacrificing and putting their lives, you know, on the line for, um, you know, this disease, which, by the way, I believe is God's judgment on the world. Uh, I, I started talking about this interview I did with my friend Tim Gillette yesterday. I do believe, and I'm going to tell you why, I believe that God is judging the world right now. Maybe you disagree with me, but I'm going to tell you why I believe it. And I'm not going to go into the whole show about this, but I do believe this is God's judgment on the world. Whether or not it was man-made, it was a nefarious thing from evildoers, God is permitting this and he works through plague to try to get people to repent, to, to, to get people to repent so that they come back. And I, what I can tell you, you guys, is that there is a spiritual awakening and a hunger and people that all over the place. Um, and when my friend Tim asked me how I felt about that, what I actually thought, that's what I told him. And, you know, I'm, I want to encourage you not to be fearful. Don't be fearful of what's going on. Do the right thing. You know, take, take your precautions, wash your hands, cover your face, do whatever it is you feel led to do. Don't walk in fear though. Use this as an opportunity because it's a huge one to share the gospel. Okay. All right. So this is Amy Grant um, sharing. This is a song she's dedicating to the health care workers. I think you guys would appreciate this. And then we'll get back to our show. I was sitting at my sewing machine today making masks for my family. And I thought I would use that time to pray for nurses and doctors on the front line. And I am sending out this song to them. <laughs> When every moment gets too hard The end of the road can feel so far No matter how much time we're apart I'm always near you I'll be your shelter Thank you. 
not love her I swear you know not only does she get on there looking normal like every other people but she makes a mistake and doesn't edit it and just says here you go people Randall would you think of that wasn't that great yeah I enjoyed that and it, and it wasn't really a mistake just a little off time struggling to get that <laughs> cord you know and and had she not grimaced when she did it probably <laughs> no one would have made it and it it takes me back to my less, you know, I'm not nearly as talented as she is. By the but... way, she 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 will be 59 this year. Okay. Not much older than I am. No. Anyway. Um, She's four years older than you. Yeah. Okay. Well. You were born in 64. She was born in 60. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So probably three plus years anyway. You said that she would be, anyway. Her anyway. birthday's in November. Okay, yeah. So, all yeah. Right. All right. Three and a half years, roughly. Anyway. Anyway. Anyway, so, but yeah, I remember going way, way back when I was in a te teenager taking guitar lessons, and um, and anyway, I was playing. It was just. 12 bar blues whatever and i was playing this thing and it came up with and there were some non chord tones being you know, some passing notes and and i was i was all basically apologetic about it well not in the true sense but the you know like expressing <laughs> saying you know well these aren't these aren't in the chord whatever and kind of like i'm sorry about this and i'm it sounds good but i really shouldn't be in here and anyway and my guitar teacher said, you know, something like, you you can play, you can play a G major scale over an, you know, E flat minor chord, you know, just do it with conviction, you know, don't, don't be sorry about it. And um, I think another case where I'd kind of mess something up and someone said, if you'd not shown it on your face, we would have never known. And so. That's why when I read names that I can't say. I do it with conviction because I, I, who was it I heard? It was somebody, it was Oprah or Janet Parshall or somebody, I don't know who it was, but it was somebody who said, just read it with conviction. Just pretend you know exactly how you're saying it. And if it's wrong, oh, well, <laughs> yeah, whatever. And if you're me anyway, you mess stuff up all the time. We've been doing this for 40 minutes, so we need to yeah, we have. move along. Yeah, you need to stop ad-libbing about your musical yeah. mistakes, right, people? Right. Give me a one if you want Bareface to get to the word, okay? If you don't, that's okay. Well, actually, I'm going to get to a video. I mean, because we could talk about the resurrection and be here for We can years. talk about the resurrection tomorrow, too. Yeah, we can. Because don't forget, everybody, tomorrow's Easter Sunday. Yeah, it is. And we're all quarantined, <laughs> just so you know. But there are some scholars out there questioning whether the person yeshua jesus ever even existed right you know, he did, the man a myth and mm -hmm. and again it comes back to the the context in which he came right it wasn't among cavemen or whatever it was among you know jews with established tradition and and genealogies and all that so i mean it's if you're gonna you know get yeah. to the point 
Anyway, so I would recommend <laughs> a book called Historical Jesus by Dr. Gary Habermas. Great book. If you're just wondering about just the existence of the Messiah, the Christ, Yeshua, Jesus. What he does is he takes extra biblical proof and doesn't use the Bible to prove that Jesus existed. It's all outside the Bible. Yeah. And basically puts forth the premise, if we didn't even have the New Testament, we would have enough in extra biblical uh, writings to reconstruct the gospel. Anyway, so I haven't seen this. There's this um, channel on YouTube called The One Minute Apologist. And uh, you're gonna you're gonna be brave and you're gonna share yeah something you haven't seen first. It's an interview with Gary Habermas talking about the the resurrection is two minutes fifty three seconds. All right. So I figure I figure it can't be bad. So can't be bad, people. Just hold um, that in your heart. All right, we're gonna go ahead and watch it. That'll be my first time too. Yeah, it will. Here we go. Okay. Our guest is Dr. Gary Habermas, one of the world's foremost experts on the resurrection. Dr. Habermas, it's good to have you with us. Thank you. Listen, I know that uh, a lot of people are skeptical about the resurrection, and you've dedicated your life to defending that. If you had literally a brief amount of time to be able to defend it, what would you say uh, defend the resurrection of Jesus Christ? You know, I guess I would start with my method, and the method I use is I would say, I would challenge a skeptic, and I would say, I can take skeptical data that skeptical uh, Bible scholars, now we're, we're talking specialists, because you know the skeptic's response is gonna be, oh, I, I don't believe anything. But I mean, if you talk to a, 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 someone who's as skeptical as they are, but they're well-trained in biblical studies, I will take their data, which they concede, because they all concede about the exact same thing. My argument is, I can take the data they concede and show the resurrection happened from their basis. So it looks something like this. If the Bible's inspired, Jesus is raised from the dead. If the Bible's not inspired, but it's just reliable, Jesus is raised from the dead. And if it's neither inspired nor reliable, if the New Testament is not reliable, you can still get these facts and Jesus is raised from the dead. So the bottom line is, Jesus is raised from the dead no matter what your view of scripture is, which I call a heads I win, tails you lose argument. Now, the if I only could pick one argument for the resurrection, I'd say it's this one. Virtually every critical scholar writing, I mean, we're saying 98, 99% would concede something like this. The earliest followers of Jesus had experiences which they believed were appearances of the risen Jesus. They'll concede that. And here's my point. If they had real experiences, and if you cannot disprove it with the naturalistic theory, which I will, which I will gamble they won't be able to do. But if you have real experiences and you can't explain them away, then what you have is the best explanation for that is that Jesus really appeared to them. And that would be the one evidence. If I could only use one, I would take with it. So I would use, I would use their method, their data to show this one argument. And if they can't get away with it with the naturalistic evidence. That are a hypothesis than what you have as an actual resurrection appearances. Thank you very much. For more information on the resurrection, make sure you pick up his book, A Case for the Resurrection. There you go, people.
All right, so there you were. You lived on the edge. I did. Yeah, you did. Hi, Jerry. I don't know if Jerry's still over on Facebook, but if you are, hello. And yeah, um, and that's a good point to bring up because, uh, you know, Paul writes in 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 15, I believe, about how, well, let's, can we just look at it? I mean, we got 15 minutes, right? Yeah, we do. We can, we, we have, we can, we can talk as long as we want, although we got to be off here by eight. Right. Eight central time people. We have a meeting to be at. Hold on. Let me, uh, first Corinthians chapter 15. You know, Randall's so handsome. When I look at him, my heart pity pats. Yeah, it Aww. does. You're so handsome, man. You're just like, especially looking at, looking at you in like four different places. You're so dark, handsome, masculine, muscular. Yeah, you are. And, uh, I'm I'm quarantined in a house with them. Oh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Tell me. We haven't killed that. each other yet, have we? No, we haven't. Okay, so you ready? Okay. Um. Yeah, let me put a uh, reference up here. You can tell I love him, can't you? First core, fifteen. We'll go with the uh, new King James yep. this time. All right, turn that on and bring it over. By the way, while Randall's doing that, I should just tell you guys, next week, next Saturday, we're going to have Carl and Leanne Tykrib as our guests. We were actually supposed to have them today, but I switched it because of various, because of time issues. But next weekend, Saturday, Carl and Leanne Tykrib, we're going to talk about their book, The Game of Gods. Carl is in. Carl and Leanne are in Canada, so you guys are going to love this. Carl's been on our show numerous times. Hey, and Tom is there. Tom and Jerry, there you go. <laughs> like, you don't get jokes about that, do you? <laughs> That's funny. Okay, go ahead. All right, here we go. Okay. All right, Paul writing to the Corinthian Assembly. There says, more of a brethren, I declare to you the gospel which I preached to you, which you also received, and which you stand by, which you are also are saved, if you hold fast that word which I preached to you, unless you believed in vain. For I delivered to you, first of all, that which I also received, that Christ died for our sins according to what? The scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures, not by opinion, not by a long established prophecy, and that he was seen by Kephas, yes, hard C, Kephas, it's a transliteration of the Amer Aramaic Kepha, which means a stone. Anyway. Isn't that Peter for short? Yes. Okay. The Greek would be Petros, the stone, or Kepha, the Aramaic. Why anyway. don't they just say Peter? Well, because he was known by different, you know, because it's the name that Jesus gave him. Like I call Grover, Mr. Kind of that familiarity. Well, actually, you know, his name was Shimon or Simon. And then speaking of that, me and Bareface gave Mr. a haircut today. Anyway. Turned out good, actually. Anyway. Anyway, as yeah. we were. Um, okay. And then by 12, after, he, after that, he was seen by over 500 brethren at once of whom the greater part remain to the present, but some have fallen asleep, because this is some years later. 
uh, after Advent. After that, he was seen by James, then by all the apostles, then last of all, he was seen by me also, as one born out of due time. Anyway, so the, the point is that, as Dr. Habermas was just making, that, um, you know, the early believers, the early disciples, apostles, believed that they that Christ appeared to them that the they had an appearance okay how do you explain that away you know some naturalist explanation do that with uh that he was seen by over 500 brethren at once you know where are the mass hallucinations in history and so yeah i'm i'm glad he went to that if you know if if you were to pick one is I mean the fact that we're talking about it today something happened if there had not been a resurrection this whole thing would have been falling apart because it hinged on the resurrection right everything that Yeshua Jesus said hinged on his resurrection you know his proof of messiahship had that not happened and there were plenty of dis detractors that would have loved to disprove it denounce it as a hoax and prove it to be a hoax and the people closest the the ones who were most able to do that were at the time near his death right they could have produced a body etc and you know you know what we are the only faith in the world that has so much evidence that kind of demands a verdict what yeah. yeah well turn to me give me a kiss <laughs> probably didn't work <laughs> i couldn't see what we were doing not can like you imagine the, janet and craig partial doing that <laughs> not not like the weather you know the weather forecasters that get to watch themselves on a monitor <laughs> and they're, they're not actually you know they kind of watching themselves the well, they're not actually looking at uh, the well, thing. This, this is why nobody takes this seriously. Any, but anyway, but, whatever. Anyway, and what's so. what's really, <laughs> um, what's really not as significant, but significant in that that we can just gloss over, and that which Paul writes, "I delivered you first of all that which I also received." Uh, that came to him well did he was he not a resur a witness of the resurrected christ yes he says so in first sight then last of all was seen by me but as far as everything else that had happened that we seen by cedar here that he's seen by 500 well actually before that you know that that he was died for our sins according to the scriptures that he was buried and he rose again the third day according to the scriptures well wasn't Paul, didn't he stunner Andy Gamaliel? Didn't he realize this that it was according to scripture? Yes. Yeah. But so what so what did he receive? Did he's talking about that he received it from divine revelation or what? But if when you look at the underlying Greek text, it's clear that this is um it's almost in a poetry kind of form. That this is a like a previously established creed that he's reciting. You know, like, all stand, I pledge of allegiance, it's that kind of thing. I delivered to you, which I also received. Here's this statement of belief that had already been established in the church. And based on internal, external evidences, we see we kind of, 
the scholars believe that the epistle, the first epistle of the Corinthians, was written some around fifty six, fifty seven, or you know, A.D. fifty six, fifty seven, and so for this, for this creed, the statement of faith to be already established by then, okay, when when did the resurrection occur? A.D. thirty some, thirty three somewhere in there, thirty three to thirty six. And anyway, so within basically 20 years, there's this established creed. It wasn't invented in the Middle Ages or at the Nicene Creed. I mean, this is well-established statement of, of faith and belief, you know, established within 20 years. And that's why he says, you know, the greater part remains. Some have fallen asleep. Well, heck, because probably some of those 500 brethren were 70 at the time, and, and they're and they're gone now. They've fallen asleep. They passed away. So, you know, they would have been in their nineties or hundreds, whatever. But the greater part remained to that day, this twenty years later that he was so writing. So we have evidence, people. Yeah, we we have we have so much evidence for the resurrection of Jesus. Obviously, maybe tomorrow we'll we'll keep talking about this because there is nothing more in my life that brings me more excitement than talking about the Word of God. True story. I love it. I can do it every day. Wait, I have been doing it every day for a while. I I love it because if you have a mind to reason and actually be honest and look at the evidence, you can't not believe, you know. And what's really sad to me is that there are a lot of atheists out there who, you know, not, you know, atheists aren't bad people. But what concerns me is the hurt that so many people have in the church because they've been hurt in the church. And look, I get that. Trust me on that one. I totally get that. I didn't go to church for a decade because of being hurt in the church. Even though I am the church. You know, I didn't go to fellowship, if you will. Um, but you can't... You know, and wait, I'll, I'll go back. Yesterday, I put on my Facebook, um, how do you guys feel about not being able to gather to worship tomorrow for Easter Sunday, Right? I know there's a few churches that are still meeting, but the overwhelming majority are not. And the overwhelming majority of the people that responded on my Facebook page said that they were okay with it, that we're the church, that we can meet wherever we want in our house, and we can celebrate uh, the resurrection and Easter Sunday. That's fine. But here's the thing. Every day we can celebrate the resurrection, you guys. It's not just tomorrow when we're going to be celebrating it. You know, maybe as a congregation, we could. But every day, we, when when you pray, okay, think about this. When you pray, bareface, listen to this. When you pray, every time that you pray, you're celebrating the resurrection. Because if Jesus was not alive, what would be the point of praying? Right? I mean, you you'd be be praying to a to nobody really if jesus didn't raise from the dead he if he wasn't god what's the point right but he is and, and so you know randall says it all the time i try to to remember it make make the most make much of christ you know in your conversations with people bring jesus up say his name don't be ashamed of saying his name because you know what that's the name above every name. 
And when you when you withhold Jesus's name, um, you're not allowing the power of his name to be proclaimed, you know, because the enemy knows the enemy is deceitful. You know, he knows he wrote, you know, and I'm going to tell you something. And I said this kind of earlier. A lot of people are walking in fear. And, you know, my friend Tim yesterday, he asked me if I was afraid of anything. And I said, I thought about it. I actually had two thoughts go through my mind. I only said one of them. My first thought was, yes, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And that's the type of fear we need to have is the fear of the Lord. The other fear that I mentioned to Tim was I'm afraid of what the masses will do when they are overly controlled by fear. I mean... It didn't take long for people to freak out and start putting a mask on people. And even sooner, start hoarding stuff at the store. Yeah. I mean, Ray and Randall, we literally went to Publix the other day to get some ice cream because that's an essential product in our house. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. (laughs) (laughs) Me and Randall have been eating way too much ice cream. (laughs) How much is too much? Too much. Well... Yeah. It, anyway, pray for us. Right, uh, go on. But but anyway, the point is, when we go into the store, they actually have how old are how, how old am I? I am fifty one. Yeah, I am. I know. I don't look it, do I? I look a lot younger than that, don't I? Anyway, so we go into Publix, and Publix, um, you know has these arrow these taped arrows on the on the on the floor of like go this way in this aisle. And I'm like lest you should you know come into contact with some other shopper. I was like forget line that. Line moves man. this way. No way. So we stood there talking to another shopper. Yeah, I actually went up to this feet. guy. I actually tapped his foot with my foot. We were both laughing. None of us had masks on, but there were other people in the store that had masks on. Now are we being stupid? Yeah, some of you probably think we are. <clears throat> but what I do know is that around here, the hospitals are relatively empty because nobody has it around here. Okay. Um, uh, although some people do have it, but like that, you know, it, it's like somebody posted um, a picture of the COVID virus in this big red thing. If you walked out your door and you saw all these red things hanging out, would you like go out? Would you be wearing a mask or whatever? I'd be like, if that was actually happening, I would probably laugh because I'd be like, wow, that's quite amazing that they've they've made it where we can see invisible things in red. <laughs> I know what the point is. The point is to live in fear. That's that's what they want you to do. They want you to live in fear. But you know what? God hasn't given us a spirit of fear, guys, but a power, love, and a sound mind. And perfect love casts out all fear. And Jesus conquered death. So for the Christian, we don't need to be afraid that we're going to die because to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord, right? We don't have to fear people. All we have to do is be wise and go and share the gospel with people. I mean, you don't have to go out to do it. Get on Zoom. Get. I mean, I. you know, yesterday, uh, I mean, I literally had like nine or ten meetings this week on zoom aside from my networking meetings on top of probably 20 meetings this week i had yeah i'm sick of people (laughs) i see more people now than i did before this quarantine (laughs) jeez but anyway just be encouraged you know what enjoy 
enjoy tomorrow morning when you get up and think about the fact that you, if you're a Christian, you serve the one true living God. He is alive. He conquered, he conquered death. He conquered sin and death. And for all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus, you may be persecuted. You will be persecuted. But you know, the Bible said, well, the Bible doesn't say this. Well, it does say it. That song says, up from the grave, he arose, a mighty victor over his foes. He arose, he arose a victor from the dark domain, you know. So we can live forever with his saints to reign. With his saints to reign. I thank you. My brain was like too much ice cream. But anyway, um, so, you know, Jesus is alive, you guys. Yeah, he is. And like I said, every time you pray, that, that's proof. Why would you be praying to somebody who's dead? Hmm. Saying. Uh, Lynn is obsessed with gays. Hmm. Yeah. Well, maybe somebody named Lynn is. Anyway, so be encouraged in your faith and just know that the devil, you know, he comes, he tries to dissuade you, tries to get your focus off Jesus. But I would, I would encourage you, put the name of Jesus up everywhere. You know, just say, Jesus, Yeshua, you are Lord. Because, you know, in Philippians, it says one day at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow, every tongue will confess that Jesus is the Lord to the glory of God the Father. And um, you know what? He may, you know, right now we're kind of in that waiting period, but tomorrow the whole world will know. So be encouraged, people. Yeah. All right. Okay. So we, we will be back tomorrow night. Remember to be bold, stand up, and go forth, people, with God. Because he loves you. And tell somebody. Because you know what? Lots of people want to know. Just tell them. Get in your Bible. Read some word. Share it with somebody. Okay? Because it's going to encourage a lot of people. And uh, that's what we're all about, people. See you tomorrow.